Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. This is the special 420 edition of the Attack and Release Show. This Woo-hoo! is the only time that 420 is going to fall on a Wednesday until 2033. So we had to do a 420 episode. And just to be blunt, we're going to be talking about a little bit of marketing today. <laughs> just to be blunt. Sam. We might get lit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Talk about those high frequencies. The joint effort that it takes to make this podcast go around. <laughs> Might talk about a little bit of grass. Mowing the grass, that is. I don't know. Anywho. Do you want to get into a uh, particularly skunky-sounding uh, housekeeping? Oh, yes. We're just going to keep the puns going this whole time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Try yes, not to yes. delve into the weeds. We only got a few minutes to go here. <laughs> That was well done, man. I think you got them all in there. No, no, no. We're, 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 we can still go. House keeping mon. <laughs> Is that bad? We're bad, right? Yeah, like all these people are like, that's cultural appropriation. It's like, oh, yeah. that's <clears throat> true. <laughs> all right. You want me to edit that out? Nope. <laughs> Keep it going. And I won't even mark it as explicit. Someone can report it if they want. All right, my friends. It's that type of day. I hope you're it's doing well out there. Hope you're being safe. Hope you're enjoying yourselves. Hoping you are partaking in whatever it is you enjoy partaking in, be it tea or whatever else. You know, may it bless your body. Um, this unique time, unique, unique uh, time, you have an opportunity to grab some food, grab some munchies, and go like, subscribe share to this podcast, take a screenshot and uh, share it on Instagram. That's where we really uh, see the benefit. If you could tag us for the record, Mastering, Moses Mastering, that would be lovely. And uh, it's just really a a great time when you do that because then we share it and then other people share it and then we cross market and then people get more work from cross-marketing, and then you can go buy more munchies. Scooby Snacks. Scooby Snacks. Scooby-Doo makes a lot more sense when you're an adult than when you're a kid. (laughs) So does... uh, It's like, those guys are always hungry. uh, Good Burger. That dog's talking. You gotta watch Good Burger sometime. Good Burger's so great. On 420. The VHS. I remember when I was a kid, the VHS was orange. It was like a Nickelodeon VHS, and it just like blew my mind. Yes. Yeah. So that is housekeeping. Nice. It's pretty good. It'll work. (laughs) It'll work. Okay. This episode, to be blunt, this is how you do marketing in 2022. People have been asking for a marketing episode. I don't think we did one last year. I don't even know if we did one in 2020. I think we're going to do one this year. I can't remember. I actually don't think we've done one in a minute. Huh. I'll have to go back and check, but I definitely know we did not do one last year. Very cool. So today is going to be the marketing episode. Woo! Marketing. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? We didn't really prepare this too well. (laughs) (laughs) It's great marketing. It's great marketing. Great marketing for the episode. (laughs) Step one, prepare. We didn't we we just didn't say who was going to like talk first. 
I can talk first or you can talk first. What do you want? I got stuff written down. If you got stuff written down, you can go first. I got some stuff written down. Sam, why don't you mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and uh, take right. a whack at it? Let's do it. Let's lock this in. For the next 45 minutes, audience, listener, you're about to get Rip it. Marketing 2022. All right, here's how to market. So you're definitely going to want to continue to push your own, this will be my opinion of what has worked, pushing your own personality out on the internet. People want to connect with you on a personal level. They want to connect with you over what food you eat, what kind of dogs you like, what jokes you like, what movies you like. They want to build uh, trust and loyalty with you over common things. Now, with saying that, you have to be careful not to become a fake cheese ball with all this because it's very easy to be like, I'm being real on the internet. This is just me. While you're curating everything and making it look like your life is perfect, if you're not portraying the authentic you, uh, people, I think, can really sniff that out. Um I think this is really applicable in the industry we're in because we're in a service industry, which really is a relationship industry, which all business is relation, relational. But especially with service industry, when people are hiring you specifically um, to work on something because of basically your opinion, is kind of what you're getting hired to do at the end of the day. Your opinion on how to mix, your opinion on how to engineer, your opinion on how to master. They're hiring you for your opinion and your personality, your expertise, your own bias that you bring to the project that they think has value and is a good fit for their project. That's what people are hiring you to do. So who are you? Well, you're not your work, you're not your things, but you are part of those things, part of those things. Work is part of you. The things you like are part of you. So in order to market yourself, uh, people are really looking to see what you're actually about. Um, I don't want to say gear posts are useless or tip trick videos or things of that are useless anymore. It's a different audience. I think that's one of the most confusing things I've seen with audio people over the last few years is marketing. You have to know how to market, but you have to know who you're marketing to. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of people have associated quantity and attention with good marketing. Someone's got a tip kicked a kick tip video that got you know, a million views on TikTok. So that must be good marketing. That must be what I should do. So then you make a tip video. And this is no shade to tip videos, but that sort of marketing gets a certain type of audience, reaches a certain type of audience, reach, reaches a certain type of client. That, in my experience, may not be the client you want to try and build up your mixed career, your mastering career, your songwriting career. It could be an icebreaker, Potentially, there could be pros where you're you happen to get lots of exposure to a lot of people that you wouldn't have before. But you have to always be keeping in mind who is your target audience. That is still when I talk to people, they don't know who they're marketing to. They think I'm marketing to the audio community. No, you're marketing to 30 to 35 year old male or female engineers. If you're a master engineer, you're marketing to mixers. If you're a mixer, you're marketing to producers. If you're producers, you're marketing to artists. If you're an artist and a songwriter, you're marketing to PR, publishers, A&Rs, labels. That is the chain of command in marketing. That's how it works. That If you just apply that, whatever stage you're at, 
if you apply what I just said and target market those sorts of people and figure out who makes the records I like, who makes the mixes I like, who makes the production I like, who has the artists that I like that I write for. If you follow that in 2022, what I just said, while also letting your own personality shine through that, you will have the best year of your life. But so many people out there are still trying to copy someone else who seems to be popular and think, well, if I just copy them, curate like them, copy their flow, copy their things, then I also will have the same quote-unquote success that they have. That does not usually work. You can learn things from copying people, but you've got to put it in your own context. You have to make it your own. I like to post things like jokes and watches and house design and things with my dog and funny things and weird videos, and that's what I enjoy. Those are just things that I look at every day so I just repost them. And then people engage with that. And then it's easy to talk to people about those things because I actually like those things. That's where I find so many people post all this stuff and then people interact with them, but you don't really even like that thing. You were just trying to get attention and clickbait and manipulate <coughs> attention. And because yeah. you did that, you actually don't know anything about pizza dog watches, interior design, etc. And then it's weird because you're like, you don't know how to hang. You don't know how to communicate with someone who actually does. And people, once again, can pick up on that. People can pick up on authenticity really well. This doesn't mean we often fall trap to marketing, you know, gimmicks, you know, like the as seen on TV type stuff. Like we all sometimes get emotionally, uh, you know, looped into things. But um, you have to market yourself first, I think, and let people mm -hmm. see what you're about. And then as you get to know people, as you build relationships, then you can essentially pitch yourself to them about what you offer, you know, and what you do and whether or not you think you can be a good fit for them. I think there's going to be a huge continual push of building and Seth Godin predict predicted this years ago. He said what's coming is micro influencers. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, 2022. Micro influence. Like I have a micro influence now. I know that. I've been building that. I can see it exactly how he described it three years ago in his This Is Marketing book. He predicted the future once again of marketing. He's a genius. Micro influence, brand micro influence is huge right now. And that means you just get to be yourself, which is really the scary part, but the easy part. It's like if you're willing to be yourself in 2022 and just say, I do this, or I like this, or I like working on these types of records, or this is how I like to work. Here's my setup. Here's how I use it. If you get rid of all the gimmicks and all the crap, you will start to build some deep, quality relationships that are sustainable. And I think that's what everybody's looking for in 2022. People always ask me, how do I keep, how do I get clients that keep coming back? Basically, how do I create something sustainable? Because we've been on this e-course train for like five years where mm -hmm. a lot of people have generated a lot of quantity, but now it's starting to die out. Now it's starting to be like, these people aren't coming back. Oh, I realized I created a transit, a transactional based business that has no sustainability. That, I think, is what I keep hearing people ask me and what I feel like, too, is like a hot thing is like, how do we actually retain these people as a service provider in the midst of, you know, the internet where everybody's a master engineer, everybody's a mixer? Mm -hmm. 
how do I keep these people from hopping around, basically hopping in and out of bed with everybody? You know, that's what I think. Yeah, exactly. That's how it feels, you know? (laughs) Ew. So that is my opening remarks. Marketing 2022. Just be you. Marketing 2022. There it is. Just be you. Marketing 2022. Hashtag. Are hashtags still a thing? Yeah, they are. Definitely. Actually. I've always questioned, like, I don't know, especially recently, like, how much are hashtags a thing? Because, well, one, who the hell makes a bot that is just like, yo, subscribe to, like, this? And it's like, it's like the biggest rage in Pakistani click farms. And it's like, promote it on Warner Music, hashtag not Warner Music. (laughs) I don't know. And, yeah, to me, it's like hashtags are just, like, little digital triggers for bots to farm to you and I don't I don't I don't really understand the whole bot game. I don't know. Anywho. Anywho. Um what do you I think, think what you I think what you said was pretty darn good. Oh, um wow. I think um I, I would definitely say like step one in any type of marketing thing is know your audience. And to really touch on something that you said, like a lot of the people who are doing like the tip videos generally it's like you have to kind of understand like who your audience is because if you're doing the tip video then that and that's who you're trying to engage then you're trying to engage essentially somebody who does not know something mm-hmm. and i don't really want to work with people who don't know things i want to know I want to work with people who know how to do things because i want to work on like good mixes that like go somewhere and so I don't really do tip videos. I've done like a few things of like, hey, this is kind of what I did on a gear run through. But then I got kind of weirded out that I did it and I ended up deleting it. Granted, like everything was released at the time, but I was just like, I don't know. I really don't like having this out here. It's like, sure, I'll post this for a little bit and I might take it down. It's like, it's like feeling cute now, I might delete later, like one of those things. But uh, I don't know. Some people do like knowing kind of kind of how the soup's made, I suppose. Um <laughs> But I mean, I 100% agree with what you're saying and that like, you kind of have to be, and I, I hate this quote, you kind of have to do be, you kind of do have to be your own brand. Um, but in, and the one thing that I do hate about that is that it really kind of spoke to like this generation, I don't know, let's say like the millennial generation and like the Gen X generation and maybe even what's the next one down? Gen Z. Yeah, Gen Z. That whole generation of like, oh, like the hustle mentality, and the hustle mentality was kind of BS because everybody was like, I don't know, everyone was like something, and you could never have a hobby. You could never do anything for fun. It always had to be a hustle. Always had to be a side hustle. Always had to be a grind. Always had to be any of this other stuff. And it's like, you know, you're allowed to do something for fun. And so I think as we move forward, yes, agreeing with that micro-brand thing, or is is that what you said, micro-branding? Micro-influencer. Micro-influencer. I don't like that word either. But I guess like, I guess we're technically that, but I don't really want to be that. I just, if I help you, I help you. And if I don't, then... Let me know how I can help you. I'd like to help you. Um, I don't really want to influence anyone. Um, I guess this in, this episode would technically be of the influence, I suppose. <laughs> but anyway, 
Um, I think as we progress down this road, people are wanting to see and have more and more of a connection with that person. Like that engineer is an extension of like who they are and the type of thing that they, the type of content that they want to consume. And this is just as far as social media is concerned. And it's like, you know what? Like all the stuff that I post, like you were saying, like stuff that you post, like like fancy French houses and watches and dog posts and funny videos. Like my whole thing, excuse me, my whole thing is like, I like lawn stuff. I like grass. <laughs> and so I post, I post a lot of like stuff about like what's going on in, in my lawn and the stuff that I'm using. I even have this like little like highlight reel going on. And it's more for me than it is for anyone else. But it's just like, I just, I think it'd be fun at like in November. It's like if I have a good lawn year or if I have a bad lawn year, I can probably go through it and be like, this is where I went wrong. I kind of regret doing this and I might not do it next year. Or maybe I had a good year this year and I highly recommend checking out what I did in 2022. And so um, I actually have a lot of traction with that and I think it's kind of fun. And then about the beginning of this year or, or the end of last year around Christmas time, I bought a lot of people um, soil test kits and like with like the little probe that you probe your soil like 30 or so times, you put it in a bag, you take the scoop, you put it in the capsule and you send it in the mail. Then you go and you get your soil results in a, in an app. And it's just like, I just think it's really fun ways to just like do stuff with people. And it's like, what does it cost me? Like 25, 30 bucks for one of those. It's like, buy, I don't know, take like a, I don't know, if I buy 10 of them at 30 bucks, what's that? $300 for 10 of them. <sighs> for like all my clients for like a goofy Christmas gift, like a dad kind of Christmas gift. And it's like, I sent you one, Sam. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now you kind of know. It's like, if you want to do anything with your lawn, hey, here's a good way to start. And so, I don't know. I always thought that was just kind of like a funny thing. It's like, okay, what's that? 300 bucks. If I'm charging 100, 125 a song, that's like three masters. It's like, what's that to me? It's like, that's insanely negligible as far as like an investment, but like, you're putting an interest in, you're like, you're investing into people who like the stuff that, I don't know, that you're posting. And so it's like, I'll just do little things like that. I like dad jokes. Who doesn't like a good dad joke? And then just like random gear things. It's like, I don't know, they're just like, you ever find out something just like really random that your gear does that a manual didn't tell you? And it's like, like I found out that, I don't know, my like little Maslick, the MPL2, that the threshold on the input gain side of it that's like oh well this is actually like even though this is the limiter side and technically the other one's a high frequency limiter it's like oh well the threshold on the input side totally controls the threshold on the high frequency limiter side so technically it's just like one type of limiter but you're just like one is just a side chain and I was like that's so cool and so I was like I, like, I just had to share that because no manual tells you that and I just thought it was really cool. Maybe it's a common sense thing, and maybe I was lacking some of that. But I just like sharing little tiny quirky things that I find out. So, But I think that's what people are looking for like on social media and whatnot. And I feel like where a lot of people miss the boat is like when they try too hard to like be something that they're not. and Or they're just like kind of being like not super authentic or kind of being like, I don't know, like an old style of marketing, like, no, that's how they would have done that in like 2006. It's like, no, it's kind of weird. So I don't know. So I would say 
that from this first 22 minutes of this podcast that we can say that social media is still pretty darn relevant. I agree, 100%. I, I mean, I so, always tell people if you're not willing to do social media, you're going to struggle. Like, mm-hmm. unless you can come up with another way to reach two to 300 people every day. Sure. For free <laughs> within five minutes. Like, you're, you're quote unquote missing out. Like, and, and as much as I, I don't even tell, like, you have to, yeah, you have to play the game as a business, you know, and that's always been the case of like, yeah. before social media, it was newspaper and radio marketing, and it still is TV, you know, and before that, you'd have people stand on the streets, like on the corner. Like, it's, you know, it's, you've always had to market. And before that, if it was just like referral, word of mouth, you're still having to verbally tell someone, hey, my name is blah, 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 and I do blah, 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 and I own blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like in the office, I'm Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Like, <laughs> that is how it used to be done. That's how it still is done. When I meet people, I, you know, I don't tell them I'm Sam most Mo's Mastering, but I will make sure, you know, they know what I do you know, in Nashville, usually because the people I'm talking to actually need my service, most likely. (laughs) So it's the right market. But yeah, if you're not on social media and you're not playing playing the game, quote unquote, for five minutes a day, you're going to be missing out on clients. Now, this doesn't mean you can't build a business not doing that. But for most people, you know, when they're like, I don't do anything on really social media consistently, I'm like, you're missing out on a huge thing. And if they go, well, I just don't want to do that. I'm just going to be good enough. I'm just going to have the best product and work on that. It's like, I just, I don't think you're going to make it. It's currently not working for you doing that. So I don't know why it would change. Like, do <laughs> you know, just because you think that's how it should work. So that's my quick opinion. I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt. No, you're good. This is actually healthy and it's called a dialogue and I really enjoy it. <laughs> so, yeah, if we want to go back and forth, this would be a nice little change of pace. Yeah, a little back I and mean, forth action. I would say in like kind of continuing the social media thing, I would say make a point to engage with people you want as a client. So don't just like post like that kind of like goofy stuff and personal stuff. <clears throat> You definitely want to like, like have relevant, uh, relevant. I don't know happenings going on, but uh, it's like you can't just have like your last like post or something like that be from like 2016, and like hope that that draws people in. It's like, yeah, but that was a really great post. It's like, yeah, but that's a really old post. Um, <clears throat> so like, I don't know. Like even still, I'll. St- Still, like, if I hear something I really like, I'll tell I'll tell people I really like it. Or, like, if I see, like, I don't know, a producer doing something kind of like interesting, I'm like, oh, what's that? I, like, that's not my side of the house. I don't I, like. I could be something really common, but I never see that. Or it's like, hey, man, yeah, I love like what this sounds like. Or that's a cool technique. I don't know. And it's like something more than just like a bunch of emojis like stacked up in like a comment or something like that. Um, and if they don't want to respond, then they don't want to respond. But it's like, you know what? You can totally keep at it. And um, generally, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Um, well, I guess I'll say this. For my other company, one of the things that I do is um, I run the marketing department. And it's uh, you need a lot of exposure in order to... 
And it's not like like a lot. You need like frequent. And the general number and general consensus is that you need about seven impressions on somebody before they're really ever willing to like look at something. And I'm uber cognizant of how what I am consuming as media is affecting me. And if I see an ad a bunch of times, um, am I like, like, why am I clicking on this ad? Why am I going through to this ad? There was something I clicked on last night. Let me pull this thing up. What the heck did I click on? And I was like, man, I could totally use it. This is going to be something that like, can't say here. No, it's not that. I can't remember, but there was totally something like as of last night. Oh, it was like a, like a little, like a watch band thing. I was looking for like a, le- like a, like a leather, like, like watch band. And I was like, and earlier that day I was looking up like watch bands. And I was like, eh, I ordered from this guy that I watch on YouTube and uh, he's over in England. It's a fun, it's a cool thing. And he's, he had exactly what I wanted. And the other place I was going to order from was out. And then it's like later that day, I got an ad for that. I was like, oh, well, I'll keep that brand in the back of my pocket. And so I just, you know, open that one up, open it in Safari. And then you just kind of save it for later. I'll look through their stuff later. And so it's like, I'll totally notice how these ads will kind of play on me as a consumer. And they're totally working. And then especially as, as, uh, as social media, you have literally less than two seconds to make an impression on somebody mm-hmm. because they're not going to stop scrolling. And it's just like the continuous scroll thing. And uh, I think 3.5, if you have a video, might be like a pretty solid conversion, like 3.5 seconds. Yep. But I know just in general from like my own marketing and my other company, it's you have less than two seconds to make that impression to have somebody stop. And so you can see why some of these clickbaity things are so clickbaity. And so um, that's why sometimes it's, even, it's, it's more beneficial to go off the beaten path and to actually reach out to people and engage with people and not even be like, hey, if you need a mastering engineer... But just be like, hey, I really like what you're doing. I like, I don't know, maybe they do something weird. It's like, hey, I like how dark this is. And maybe they're not going for that. Maybe you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. I don't know. But maybe you just find a way to engage. And uh, I don't know. I get a lot of money. Ah, that's mad. <laughs> I get a lot of business from Instagram. And Instagram has generated me a lot of money because and it's like, that's just this all came out weird and sounds weird. I don't know. I might take it, get rid of that later. But I mean, I've gotten a lot of business from Instagram and just like chatting with people. Yep. And uh, I don't know. And it's like, if I would say there's like a place that I'm found, I don't do anything on Facebook. If I'm on Facebook, yeah, I don't either. It's literally like I'm looking at the Mastering Nerds page or I'm looking at the Mastering Engineers Worldwide page. And besides that, I don't like. It's just such a cesspool that it's just like, yeah, it's like cesspool and then grandma. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll just keep moving on. Sorry, grandma. Facebook's hard um, for me because I feel like everybody that's on Facebook is on there just to be right. Like it's yeah. a different, it's a different, it's so weird because I mean, I'm not on Facebook a ton. I'll check it like every couple days for messages, but, um, 
what's interesting is I'll see people on Instagram who act one way, and then on Facebook they act totally different sometimes. Yeah. And I'm just like, huh, it's such an interesting how people interact differently on different platforms because for me, my experience in a service industry is Facebook, people are not usually looking to hire someone from what I've seen. They're just like that mastering, like the different groups I'm in and whatnot. People are usually just there to be right. <laughs> like, or if someone asks for a recommendation, you know, you'll get a thousand, not a thousand, you'll get a hundred responses. And then within those, people will be like promoting somebody no and trashing agree. someone. Yeah. Like, it just isn't a good place, in my opinion, for service industry uh, recommendations or jobs and marketing. I think potentially if you're doing retail, I have some friends that do retail and they've had good luck on Facebook. Um, they also run a lot of targeted ads with the company, but that's probably part of the benefit. But I think, yeah, I think, I don't know, I just really do love Instagram still for the service industry and for what we do. Um, it doesn't mean you'll get the most views compared to like a TikTok. TikTok still seems to generate the most quote unquote views um, and attention, but TikTok seems to be such a different place. Um, once again, of like, what, what are you trying to do? I think as an artist, being on TikTok seems to be really important currently. Um, sure. I know record labels are on TikTok constantly searching for the next viral person. But that I found a lot of artists that I follow like on Instagram now mm -hmm. from TikTok. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that but I, I don't know. It, as far as like a studio, I don't even know if like I right. would like waste my time trying to get through. Right. I've seen a couple people do like some, like a mixer, do some mix tip stuff in a really yeah. funny way. Um, yeah. You know, but even then, it's so hard to tell, of course. Like with all of this, it's always hard to tell, like, okay, you got 100,000 views, but what does that mean? Like conversion, yeah. financial, client, did anything come of it? You know, and I'm not poo pooing it. Like if you get 100,000 views, that's incredible. Um, but I, I just always, at the end of the day, when you are on the internet, <laughs> you have to remember that, you know, people's, the amount of followers does not mean the amount of money you assume they make. Um, is there like a Kenny Chesney song of like, I'm so much cooler online? <laughs> Probably. That sounds just like Kenny Chesney. Yeah. I just... So, yeah, anyway. The, I, I just... I, I would say just be as like authentically you right. as possible and try not to participate in the perpetual cesspool that is the internet but it's like you also have to understand too it's like the game of the internet is the loudest idiot wins I'm not trying to be super negative either no you're correct but it's like let's just kind of like curb some expectations real quick it's like I cannot stand Twitter um, I allow like my company to post on Twitter but I forbid them for uh, from engaging on Twitter because nobody goes to Twitter to be a good person. <laughs> you might go there to read some news or something like that, but it's like, what does a company do there? They get complained at, and so it's like, we're not we're not even going to be engageable on Twitter. It's it is like the cesspool of cesspools. Like if you say the wrong thing in the wrong year to the wrong person. That might not even be the wrong person now, but it might be the wrong person in like 12 years. 
yeah, well, now it's like people are going to try to cancel you. And it's like, well, technically, you can only cancel people if they care about being canceled. And <laughs> so take that. But just like the the mere, like, and you're like seeing people get hired to like positions and they're like deleting like tens of thousands of tweets. It's like, one, who has that much time? But it's like, and it's like, don't get me wrong, a long time ago, 10 years ago or so, it was a great tool. I grew a lot of business for my other cigar shop with Twitter. And it was a cool thing, whether it was connecting with reps or it's connecting with customers, whatever. It was great. I think it's at its time. I think it's a cesspool now. And I don't know if it necessarily is like an overly relevant place for sane people. <laughs> so I stick with Instagram. I like all like just look at Facebook for like random things people are doing. If there's like a, like someone selling gear, like a studio is going out of business, like I'm a sucker for a deal. So I'm always going to be looking there. Um, do you do anything with LinkedIn anymore? Um, I get on LinkedIn honestly once a week and I will approve all the new people that request to be in my network, which is very common of LinkedIn to just always have like advice from random people. Connections, I think they call them. Um, and then I'll just look at them to see if any of them are like within the, they call them like the first, I think first connections and then you have like second and third. It's basically like if you have one person that knows one person, that's like a first. I don't know the last time I was on LinkedIn. I don't even know. I can and if it's like here. a person who knows a person who knows a person, that's like a second. It's like cousins basically. Um, I have 99 LinkedIn notifications. There you go. That sounds right. There's a lot of stuff plus. on LinkedIn. I don't know. I find it very interesting. I still get on it. I'll still randomly message people that I find you know, like label people. It, LinkedIn to me is just a quick way to get my name into more of the label world. Like mm -hmm. that's really how I've used it. A and R's, labels, publishers, just to say hi. My name's Sam. I'm a master engineer, and then I do a bunch of other legwork around it. Of, I mean, it's just like I mean, I do it because it all comes back for full circle is what I found, especially in Nashville. This may just be like Nashville specific, but Nashville is such a tight-knit community in the music industry that, you know, eventually all the LinkedIn people that are in Nashville, I'll, at this stage over 10 years now, it's like I've worked on a project that has gone, in, that has been in front of them probably mm -hmm. now at this stage. And then they remember, oh, this guy, you know, I remember Sam, yeah, he was on, he messaged me or something. And that's to me like LinkedIn, all these things are just, I just call it like seed planning. Like that's still my marketing night, you know. I just went on <laughs> LinkedIn and I just, all I did is I typed in A&R. Yeah. And there is 109,000 exactly. results. Yep. And, and so it's like, if you do want to get in front of like, if you want to do start any label stuff, like I have a handful of people a year who will say, hey, I'm looking to do this. Right. And I specifically don't really like want any of that kind of work. And so I don't really seek it out. But it's like, I don't see a reason why you can't just email, like message 20 people a day. You can. And if like one person responds to you, that's a 5% conversion rate, right. which is huge. E-commerce conversion rate, if you have a 3% conversion rate, you're doing pretty good. Right. So it's like a 5% conversion rate at one out of 20 is pretty darn good. So it's like, if I was going to start, like we wanted to do like label stuff, I would just like literally just go down this list right. and just start like messaging people. Well, that's what I did like but, years ago. Like I did that. Th that method you described is that. And you do get one out of 20. You probably get one out of 10 on LinkedIn. Because if people have huh. a real LinkedIn, even if they're, and if they have a pro account, 
they spent time and money creating that account. Sure. So they're active. So there's a, sure. you know, there's like a skin in the game thing with LinkedIn. That's the one thing I like about LinkedIn compared to mm-hmm. other social media platforms is like there's some friction. Whereas like Instagram, TikTok, it's like you click two buttons, put in your email, you've got an account. Oh, I'm an influencer. Like LinkedIn <laughs> does still have the referrals, you know, people comment on they have to confirm your skills. You have to like actually have confirm like your college degree. You know, you can put your you have to put your business on there. Of course, you could always be lying in theory, but you know, people could then go to that company if they wanted or that school and ask if you went there. I don't know if anyone would ever do that, and it's probably irrelevant in our industry. But there is some sort of friction within LinkedIn to me that if you're on LinkedIn, you're probably active or at least checking it. And that's what I really like about it. And that's what I found is, you know, when I was doing heavy cold calling to, I was doing mixers. If you type in mix engineers, same thing. Oh, yeah. You'll get a ton. Like as a master engineer, I just went down the list and messaged every mix engineer that looked halfway decent who I went and clicked on their profile, clicked on their website, listened to the music they work on, you know, if they're at a studio or independent, if it was like top 40 pop, rap, trap type sounding stuff, I would just message them and tell them, hey, I like this song I heard on your website or on your demo reel or on your playlist on Spotify and introduce myself. And yeah, one out of 20 lands. Like it's, you know, the, we have, that's when I say like, you got to play the game. Like you have to be, in my opinion, if you want, you have to play that game of spending, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes a day making sure people know who you are, what you do and where they can find you. And a lot of that comes from you reaching out into the community first, building up that buzz, building up that micro-influence, building up the snowball. Then once it gets going, in theory, you can do less, but also you want to stay relevant and see what people are doing, see who's new, you know, coming up in the mix world. That's like, for me, I'm always looking like, who's the new young mix kids? Like, what are they doing? What do they like? What kind of sounds do they like? What are the bands they're working with? Because that's essentially... At some point, like artists have shelf life and like yeah. they may have 10 years. Like that would be a terrific run for a band these days, is like 10 years. And so you have to be, if I'm going to be in this industry for 30 years, that means I've got like three to four big cycles probably of clients. Like the clients I'm going to work with that are going to sustain my next 10 years of business are probably clients I don't even know yet. They may not even be making music yet. Like, they may be brand new to mixing or brand new to making music. So I'm trying to always keep up, not like be a weird like old guy who's, I mean, I'm only 34, you know, not trying to be like a cool kid, but I'm trying to stay, um, you know, educated on the industry. What is popular? What do people like? What is selling? What is, you know, making people a career? So those are things I pay attention to. Um within the internets. Well, there's like always like like this whole thing of um you you really have to like you said keep on top of who's doing what, like what sound is like kind of big for that year or like what is like a popular kind of like direction that a genre might be going. And I'm going to take this in a really weird direction. <laughs> There is a show on Food Network that is in, like, in my opinion, it's like the, like, probably like the best and most fair game show 
I've seen. And it's called Beat Bobby Flay. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> you ever seen it, Sam? I don't think so. Well, I think I have. It's been on forever, hasn't it? Dude, it's like 19 seasons. It's like I'm so sure I've dark. seen it. Okay, so here's what happens in a nutshell. You have two chefs who want to, who are going to compete to cook against Bobby Flay. But first, they have to cook off against each other. They have to use like a random special ingredient that Bobby Flay has selected. He probably didn't select. Probably some random producer who selected it. And so they have to cook that ingredient and make it like the star ingredient of their dish. And they do that. And then two judges who are also the hosts of the show that day will independently judge their stuff. And then whoever they say, after the 20 minutes of cooking and their dish and all that stuff, um, this is who is going to go against Bobby Flay. Then that person who won says, like, like what is cooked next? So it's like, my dish is spaghetti and meatballs. And then Bobby Flay <laughs> go and cook sp- spaghetti, their own version of a spaghetti and meatballs. And they present it to three independent judges while the two original judges and hosts essentially mock and do all this other banter that they normally do to make entertaining television. And then the judges judge, and yeah, and then you have like the winner. They pick the between like the the random like like uh, chef who's been working from the bottom up trying to, to to get their start, or they select Bobby Flay. And here's why Bobby Flay always wins. He always delivers what the judges want to eat. Mm. The judges never want somebody else's take on spaghetti and meatballs because that person is always cooking their own noodles. They're making their own noodles. They're making their grandma's meatball recipe. They're doing this weird Korean thing that they thought was cool and fusion-y, and it's their take and their little tiny section of Soho, and that's like what's, what's made their restaurant their restaurant. And Bobby Flay's over here just... Pulling out ground beef and some bread and some <laughs> eggs and whatever you use to make meatballs and rolling some meatballs and cook them in the oven and then just taking canned tomato or yeah canned tomatoes and then like regular like dried pasta and he's cooking like these judges the thing that they want to eat and why is and like then you kind of like get down into this like the little weeds of like why did Bobby Flay win? Well, if you know anything about food which this isn't a food podcast, but whenever you home make pasta, there's something homemade pasta can't do. It can't go al dente. You can only get al dente pasta from dry pasta. Interesting. And so every judge is going to want al dente pasta because this is a game show and that when you have pasta that's what they're going to want they're they're like oh well this is great and this is great and then they get like the little crunch of like like the like the perfectly good pasta that Bobby Flay made and they're like oh my god this is fantastic <laughs> because that's what they were wanting and they were wanting the basic meatballs and they might talk about how the guys artisanal Korean sauce is a fun take on it and a fun spin but it's not what they were looking for and then Bobby Flay coming out of nowhere is throwing down a piece of garlic bread too because they want the crunch they want the garlic they want the savory shit that's what they want and that's why Bobby Flay always wins because he delivers what the judges want Mm -hmm. so this is why you need to pay attention to what's happening in the genre because if the genre is going one way, you need to know if like your artist, if the label, if A&R, whatever, what they're listening for. And you need to be able to deliver on that. I don't know. That's my little spiel on your spiel. but I love that spiel. 
that is like like knowing your audience like at its finest. And you have to be able to deliver what your audience wants. And like you just have to know what they're going to expect out of that. And if you watch that show, everybody who makes their own rendition of whatever that is always loses. Because that's not what the judges want. And I'm sure it tastes a lot better than Bobby Flay's at some times. But it's not what the judges want. And that's why he wins every single freaking time. <laughs> so, and that's why he is who he is. And don't get me wrong. It's like you go and you make a burger against the guy who has a burger factory, whatever it is, a burger restaurant. You're probably going to lose. You're probably not going to win because he's going to do the thing. He's going to candy the bacon and he's going to make the, like, like, he just knows how to do it. And it's like somebody might do it, but they're not going to do it as good as him. Right. And it's because he's delivering 110% what the judges want to have every single time. And so I've watched him just pull some crazy stuff out of nowhere. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. That right there to me is the epitome of knowing your audience. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I know we talked about social this whole time. Um, it's 2022, baby. I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's like you can do paid Google ads. I th- like there's definitely money there. Um, you can't control what comes in as well. Um if like you're going for a certain clientele as opposed to casting a wide net, uh, you can't control that as much. Um, uh, there's I, one I'm not. I just want to say. say for for the record, not your company, but it's I have never name. paid for any ads ever, ever. Which is not me being like, oh, I'm either. so good. It just I have never experimented with it, and I've never quote unquote felt like I needed to do it because I was doing these other things I've mentioned. So. I do it with my other company, and I know that it works. Yeah, but I also know that you're casting an incredibly wide net that you can't control. Yeah, but you know, for some things, that's kind of it's kind of the name of the game. Um, I don't. I, I think you really want to control your client in this realm, and so you need to be really close to them and kind of meet them where they're at. And I still think that social media. There's a few of these that I'm still not saying because, like. I like in the back of my head, I'm kind of like, man, I might try this, but it's, and it's like, I don't want to like recommend it to anyone, then waste a lot of money because it is kind of like a paid form of doing stuff. I don't know. Maybe that'll be another, that'll be another episode. So I got stuff for next time. <laughs> so you got anything else about, I guess this is just like literally a social media ad <laughs> or a social media I mean, episode. It's great. I think if people, Apply what we said. You'll have the best year you've ever had. Give the people what they want. Just take Sam. Just take ten minutes a day and do what we said, and your business will flourish. I mean that that and just be an authentic you. Yeah, I think that's all anyone wants. That's it. Don't be creepy. <laughs> just be an authentic you. People and I want. Think you'll... Yeah, they want trust. They want authentic. They want you got to protect your reputation. I think and. You gotta be. You gotta be real. And if you're not real, you're gonna struggle. Be you, 2022. Hashtag. That's it. <laughs> Want to take it home? Take us home, Matt. Queuing up in the back is a hazy beat from <laughs> beesbeats.com. You can thank Sam for like I don't know, maybe our hundredth and eightieth beat. Yay! Yay! Yeah, maybe there's applause around. Anyway, I'm really appreciative. Every time I like, he sends these over to me for a review. I'm always like, man, thank you so much for putting these together. So if you like them, just say, hey, man, you do a great job. And yeah, uh, affirm me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you need a mastering engineer, 
Sam can be found at Moses Mastering. If you would like me to master your stuff, I can be found at For The Record Mastering. And uh, we'd both love to help take your your single, your EP, your LP, whatever you got across the line. So I think that's all we got. Oh, if you like the podcast, take a screenshot <laughs> and uh, share it online. That would be great. I don't know, maybe just show it to your dog. No, oh, take a picture of you showing your dog. That'd be great too. Anywho, whatever you're doing on 420, be freaking safe. And uh, I would say that's a wrap. Wrap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wrap job. Ew. All right. Cue the music, Sam. We're out Yay. of here. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you have and have our good one. See y'all later. <laughs> Stay safe. Don't do anything weird. To be blunt has been wrapped. Whoa, that's kind of weird. Uh, anyway, yeah. On to those high frequencies. All right. Bye. We're done. Bye.